We are looking at uh, <coughs> Solomon today. Yes. Okay. And again, uh, our focus is the second nature, choosing Christ-centered living in a self-centered world. And uh, I guess every day as we open our eyes, we are reminded of of how self-centered this world really is. And so it's a timely challenge for us. As King David's death approached, a power struggle arose concerning who would become the next king. His son Adonijah set himself up to succeed his father as king. Bathsheba, David's wife, appealed to David to name their son Solomon to be the next king. The prophet Nathan joined her in intervening on Solomon's behalf, and David granted her request. As David near death, he gave final instructions to Solomon, urging him to live in God's ways, keeping his law. Following David's death, the Lord appeared to Solomon. God's appearance to Solomon solidified the fact that he was the one that God desired uh, to be the next king of his people. And so our study today is going to be on Solomon unfailing wisdom. But let's begin as usual with the first question. If you could be the leading expert in any field, what would it be? Medicine. 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 Science. Science, okay. Motivational speaker. All of that? (laughs) All of that. An evangelist. evangelist. <laughs> you sound like one of the, you sound like a, a, a three year old when you ask them what they want to be. <laughs> they want to be everything in the world. <laughs> okay, anybody else? If you could be a leading expert in any field, what would it be? Yeah. No one else? <laughs> Nobody else want to be an expert? <laughs> Foreign languages, okay. Sign language. Sign language, okay. All right, let's look at Bible Meets Life on page 76. In a single day, most of us can become well informed in virtually any subject. The sleeping patterns of the odd rock, the inner workings of a carburetor, the preparation of creme brulee, the gravi- gravitational pull of Mars. Thanks to the internet, we can accumulate enough knowledge of any of these subjects to have a stimulating conversation at any dinner party. We're flooded with information of all kinds, and we're continually exchanging knowledge. Every second of every day, 6,000 tweets are tweeted. Over 40,000 Google queries are searched, and more than 2 million emails are sent. I get a desk for that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in short, we're swimming in an ocean of knowledge while dying of thirst for wisdom. Mm-hmm. Knowledge and wisdom are two very different things, and wisdom is by far the most valuable of the two. As we'll see in the life of Solomon, Relying on God's wisdom must become second nature to us so that our lives 
and not just our intellect, reflect who God is and who he has called us to be. Okay, I guess most of those 2,000, those, what are those tweets? Ah, uh, 2 million. 2 million tweets? Uh-huh. I think by the, uh, President Trump is making most of those. <laughs> <laughs> the most tweetingest president in U.S. history. Oh, no, sorry, 6,000 tweets. 6,000, okay. Yeah, I can't believe it's only 4,000 queries. Ooh, queries. Yeah, it's more than that. 40, 40, 40,000. That's what I'm saying, 40, 40,000. <laughs> Yeah, well, anybody goes from Google. Depending on when the census was taken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah, in the beginning. <laughs> okay, so what's the point today? Christ-centered living chooses wisdom from God, not simply knowledge. Is that the way of the world? No. What's the way of the world? They want knowledge. Knowledge, exactly. The world is on the transit, on a course. Uh, to get knowledge, uh, they're not too concerned about wisdom. Okay, let's look at the first passage we have on page 77, 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 3 to 9. Somebody can go ahead and read that. Solomon loved the Lord by walking in the statutes of his father David, but he also sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there because it was the most famous high place. He offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. God said, Ask, what should I give you? And Solomon replied, You have shown great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, righteousness, and integrity. You have continued this great and faithful love for him by giving him a son to sit on his throne, as it is today. Lord, my God, you have now made your servant king in my father David's place. Yet I am just a youth with no experience in leadership. Your servant is among your people you have chosen, a people too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant a receptive heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Okay, now notice the first paragraph there. As you open the book of First Kings, we find Solomon freshly appointed as a new king. By taking that role, he followed in the footsteps of the greatest king the people had known. He inherited his, his, his father, he inherited a throne his father had taken to the highest heights. And all of this happened when Solomon was less than 20 years old. Oh, no wonder he prayed for wisdom. That's a big, big job. It's a great Big job. responsibility, right? Yes. On the shoulders of such a young man. Mm-hmm. The second question, what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Wisdom is making wise decisions. <laughs> knowledge is just a, an accumulation of facts. Yes. Wisdom is knowing how to use those. Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly right. Wisdom is just 
facts. Um, I mean, knowledge. Knowledge is just facts and information. Wisdom is the ability to be able to practically apply uh, that wisdom in such a way. And that's what God gave Solomon. God gave him the ability to apply wisdom correctly. And we see that in all of the Proverbs uh, that he wrote. Uh, and remember the issue with the two women and the one baby? Oh, yeah. Uh, wisdom was applied there because he knew what a true mother would really want. <laughs> okay, as we move to verses 10 to 14, we'll see how God answered Solomon's request. So let's look at those verses. We read that up section. <laughs> what are the sections? 77. Talk oh. about pressure. <laughs> oh. Wisdom. Remember you just said? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You did the first paragraph, but not after. You did the, the chapter. First Kings 3, 3 to 9, but you didn't as do you open the book. As you open the book of First Kings. Okay. Where do we see that? Oh, Bernice. Go ahead, read it. He was, well, he was reading first. Talk about pressure. I read the first paragraph. Finish, right. finish from the second paragraph. Talk about pressure. So what does a young man do when he knows he's in over his head? What does he do when he knows he isn't up to the challenge? Solomon made many mistakes in his life, but in this moment, he absolutely did the right thing. He prayed. Yes. In his youth, Solomon was aware of something that often escapes us. We are utterly, completely, and inescapably dependent upon God. We can try to convince ourselves of our ingenuity, cleverness, and experience, but in the end we are fragile and feeble creatures who only exist by the will and grace of our Creator. <laughs> Solomon also knew a bit about what he needed. So many times when we find ourselves in over our heads in a given situation, our knee-jerk response is to pray for deliverance. We petition God to change our circumstances. We want to get out of whatever is making us feel uncomfortable. But Solomon did something different. Instead of asking God to remove the struggles and challenges he would face as king, Solomon asked instead for the wisdom and discernment to operate within those struggles and challenges. Okay, now, how often do we do that? Not often, not often. What is our most common petition when we find ourselves in problems? Oh, most common request is, Lord, get me out of this, right? <laughs> Not, Lord, give me the wisdom to deal with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we, we often, like the fellow who prayed, uh, who didn't you often pray? And when he prayed, he said, Lord, found himself in a problem. And he said, Lord, I haven't bothered you for 25 years. If you get me out of this mess, I wouldn't bother you for another 25. Okay, we always ask God to get us out of the problem, right? But what is Solomon's prayer? Lord, give me what it takes to be able to go through this. Yes. That's the kind of prayer request God really likes. We haven't arrived there yet. And so when we look at the next passage, we'll see how God responded. So let's look at that other passage. Uh, 3 to 14, verses 3 to 14. 10 to 14. 10 to 14, sorry. You know, I need to move to the moon. <laughs> I, we, uh, one of my neighbors had a party last night and the music was 
This is about you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was on the next street, but the music was so loud. Mm-hmm. And they started at nine o'clock. Right. And they went until two o'clock. Wow. My wife and I were in the living room because the bedroom was in the back there. Oh, boy. <laughs> I need to move to the moon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's go ahead and read. Now it pleased the Lord that Solomon had requested this. <clears throat> so, God, so God said to him, Because you have requested this and did not ask for long life or riches for yourself or the death of your enemies, but you asked discernment for yourself to administer justice, I will therefore do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has never been anyone like you before and never will be again. In addition, I will give you what you did not ask for, both riches and honor, so that no king will be your equal during your entire life. If you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and command just as my father David did, I will give you a long life. Okay, so God gives us something that we that He didn't ask for. Look at question number three. When has God given you more than you ask for? Never <laughs> Too numerous. Too numerous to count, eh? You know, you ask God for one thing, and God just He just makes you speechless. He does, he outdoes you, right? Who can remember an incident that stands out in your experience? Anybody? Just just lately, uh, this is very material, but we uh, I prayed that the Lord would give us the right customs agent as we came through. <laughs> <laughs> because the last couple times, I can't believe how much they charged us. And, you know, show them all our receipts, tell them exactly what we have, we show them. This guy gave us over and above. He wasn't just honest, he didn't care. He just said, oh, I just go on through. Wow. The Lord Lord gave us an agent who was tired and didn't want to deal with it. Made it very... (laughs) So he made it for the last time. (laughs) For the last couple times. (laughs) Well, yeah, at least you were honest to present all your stuff. I was was coming back home one time. We were on vacation and we were coming home. And we were sitting in the the, uh, area waiting for the flight. And I saw this, this family. It was a husband, a wife, and two kids. And they were waiting, and they saw them going through their receipts. And then the, the husband took all the receipts, and he ripped them up, and he threw them in the garbage. And so I said, wonder what he's going to do when he gets through. And when I watched them, you know, he didn't play, he didn't love anything. And I said, wow. And he got away with it. People do that all the time. Brother Andy, mm-hmm. yeah, the scenario, there's a lady that came with, in the airport one day, I was coming back, and she had these huge bags, and the customs officer said, uh, ma'am, you don't have anything to clear? No, sir, nothing to clear. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, he said, open your bags, and when he saw tags and everything, he says, you sure you don't have anything to clear, ma'am? Says, I think you should re, um, rethink that. Rethink that and go over there and rethink that and bring me a form signed and that you, what you have to clear. Says, because you can go to jail and need, need um, whatever can happen or whatever. So she went over there and quickly came back with paper to put something else on it. I couldn't believe it. No, wow. sir, nothing to clear. It's amazing. 
Yeah. Oh, Randy, this might be out of line, but Customs has this authority to come into your home at any given time to examine what you've brought in. So never forget that. Really? And you cannot go to the police. There is no appeal for that. Yeah, they do. They do. And if you if you ship stuff in a container. You cannot open the container until customs arrive to check That's it. That's right. You know, they, they only customs can break the seal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they they have they have a lot of power that a lot of people don't realize yeah, that they, they don't do have. Uh, yeah, they don't exercise it all the time. And another thing it is it's the same thing goes with immigration. And the dreadful one of all of them is the environmental people. Oh it's yeah. Yeah. But in the United States and other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Walk on thin ice. Environmental people. It's not a joke. It's facts. Okay. Anybody else? And what? When has God given you more than you asked for? When I waited patiently. When you waited patiently for Him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I, I just have to say, you know, uh, there's so many things, but I have to just praise the Lord. You know, uh, we wanted to have children. We thought we'd like to have, you know, at least four and all of that. And, and you know, we tried for 11 years. And um, the Lord didn't mean for us to have biological children. And so um, he gave us a baby, a brand new newborn in both of our children. When in Canada, there just were no babies to be had. Mm. People were not allowing their child you know, to be adopted and little babies. And so, you know, God gave us the rarest opportunity with both of our children. Praise the Lord. Praise Him so much, always for that. Okay. Okay, let's look at the paragraphs there and see what else we have uh, to learn about Solomon. Go ahead. The gravity of verse 10 should not escape us. The Lord was pleased with Solomon's request. Something about what Solomon asked and how he asked it touched the heart of God. Mm. Three things stand out about Solomon's request for wisdom. Point one, the request was made humbly. Solomon knew he couldn't muster up the wisdom necessary to do the job he'd been given. So he came to the Lord with a humble spirit and asked God to do for him what he could not do for himself. Point two, the request made much of God. As Solomon humbled, the Lord and his power were uplifted. When we humbly acknowledge our own deficiency, we simultaneously acknowledge the overflowing sufficiency of God. When God responds to our humble requests, we cannot make the claim of being wise or powerful or clever on our own. In the eyes of the world, God is lifted up and shown to be great, for his power is made perfect in our weakness. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Paul's experience. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. Continue. The request was for the sake of others. When Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom, it's true that he was the recipient of that gift. 
But it's equally true that Solomon did not want this gift purely for his own benefit. The entire community and more would benefit and be strengthened. I wonder if we honestly evaluated our own prayer lives, how many of our requests would be purely for our own comfort, ease, or advancement. It delights the heart of God to see his children seeking good for others. The end result of Solomon's prayer is that God granted his requests. Thankfully, our God still delights not only in hearing from his people, but in giving them what they need. For that reason, when we approach the throne of God's grace, we should examine ourselves to see if we're acting humbly in a way that makes much of God and that will benefit others. Such an attitude in our prayers would demonstra demonstrates and produces wisdom in our lives. Okay, now notice that last paragraph, last two paragraphs there, the end result of Solomon's prayer is that God granted his request. Thankfully, our God still delights only, not only in hearing from his people, but in giving them what they need, need. Not, not want. Because a lot of things we want mm -hmm. that don't is not good for us. <laughs> Period. God is only concerned in giving us what we need. For that reason, when we approach the throne of God's grace, we should examine ourselves to see if we are asking humbly in a way that makes much of God, that's the three points here, and that will benefit others. Not like the, the single uh, lady who was an only child who prayed, Lord, I'm not asking for myself, but please give my parents a son-in-law. <laughs> Ask humbly and for the benefit of Apollos. others. Uh, so that's three good points there that we can take with us. Such an attitude in our prayers both demonstrates and produces wisdom in our lives. So we can practice that. Question number four. How do we gain and apply wisdom in our daily lives? How do we gain and apply wisdom in our daily lives? When I pray to God. <laughs> Okay, praying to God. Praying for it, okay. Wisdom comes by having patience and a bit of understanding. Mm -hmm. Okay, attitude. Anybody else? I made examples. Mm -hmm. What does James say in James 1 5? Turn to James chapter 1, verse 5. Someone read that, please. If any man clears the blood and asks of God, we will all and live with him. Okay. All right, so he says what? If you need it, some people don't think they need it, okay? But he says if you need wisdom, do what? Ask. Ask. A generous God, right? God is very generous. He's not selfish. He says, if you need wisdom, and if you think you don't need it, then you have a real problem. Okay, but he says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, 
and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. In other words, he'll not say, well, you were just here five minutes ago asking for wisdom. You want one more? <laughs> no, he will not rebuke you in any way, shape, or form. He'll give you, if you come to him in a humble heart, as Solomon did, uh, God will provide it. He imparts it to us through the scriptures and through the Holy Spirit. Okay, so he gives it through the knowledge of his word and through the Holy Spirit, uh, who indwells us. Okay, as we jump to 1 Kings chapter 4, verses 29 to 34, we'll see some of the effects that Solomon's wisdom had on the world around him. We do 79. I do my own work enough. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, 79, go ahead. <laughs> okay. People with wisdom are worth seeking out. Choose two of the following categories to record the names of people, page 79, who demonstrate wisdom in addition to knowledge. I chose church leaders. Of yours truly, Pastor Randy Pierce, <laughs> Pastor Earl Reach, and Pastor Alan Lee. Okay. And writers and thinkers, Maya Angelo and Mike Murdoch. Okay. Starry did a homework. Did anybody else do that exercise, that activity? You want to share it? No, but we need to. Yes. <laughs> yes, I agree. Okay. I concern. Follow, follow Starry's example. Yes. Okay. What's a step you can take this week to learn from one or more of the people listed above? Becoming more Christ centered. Okay. Getting in the word, as Sister Brenda would say. Mm -hmm. Spending more time in the presence of the Lord. And meeting the person one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. Anyone else want to add anything to that? Okay. Okay, learn from Starry's example. Starry did a homework. <laughs> I always do my homework, whether I'm here or not. Okay. Okay, let's look at that. That next, the last paragraph. <laughs> First Kings chapter 4, 29 to 34. God gave Solomon wisdom, very great insight, and understanding as vast as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East, greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone, wiser than Ethan the Ezraite, and Heman, Kalkor, and daughter, son, sons of Mahal. His reputation extended to all the surrounding nations. Solomon spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about trees from the seed in Lebanon to the hyssop growing out of the wall. He also spoke about animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. Emissaries of all people, sent by every king on earth who had heard of his wisdom, came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. Okay, continue reading this. Wisdom doesn't end with the person who receives it. Rather, God intends for wisdom to be pushed out to his people for the sake of others. We see that principle at work in the passage above. God's gift of wisdom didn't stay with Solomon. Its benefits were spread out across the, the known world. In short, 
God expects his blessings to be shared, not hoarded. This is another way in which wisdom is different from knowledge. While knowledge can be accumulated simply for the purpose of having information or for being recognized as the resident expert, wisdom is meant to be exercised and used. In this way, the difference between knowledge and wisdom is like the difference between a bodybuilder and a lumberjack. A bodybuilder and a lumberjack are both strong. Both have built up their muscles. But the bodybuilder is building muscle only for the purpose of showing it off. A lumberjack is building muscle to put it to use and complete a task. Real wisdom is of little use until it hits the streets in real life. Mm -hmm. God has given us wisdom to share with the world. Our friends, neighbors, and communities all benefit when we make the Christ-centered choice of seeking that wisdom each day. Okay. Good illustration in the lumberjack and the bodybuilder, isn't it? Very good. So we could identify yes, when how can. wisdom can be applied. Mm -hmm. Last question. What are some practical ways to communicate God's wisdom in a positive way? Psalms. Some practical ways. Psalms. To communicate. Psalms. Songs. Okay. Songs. Mm -hmm. Debates. Debates, okay. Poetry. Mm -hmm. And in books. Anyone else? Some practical ways to communicate God's wisdom in a positive way. Helping others. Hmm? Helping others. Helping others. Okay. I mean, charity. Giving. Demonstrating charity. Okay. All right. Let's see how we can apply this as we leave here and go toward the uh, beginning of a new week. How do we live this out? What steps can we take to seek out, seek out God's wisdom this week? Consider the following suggestions. Read. True wisdom is found in reading God's word. Commit yourself to read one chapter from the book of Proverbs each day this month. Can you do that? Do yeah. One book. One chapter. One chapter from the book of Proverbs mm -hmm. each day this month. It's 31. 31 chapters. Mm -hmm. Do that every month. Okay, memorize. Memorize Proverbs 9, 10. A proverb written by Solomon. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Good verse to memorize. And then finally, meet. Who is one person whose wisdom you could benefit from? Contact that person and request to meet one-on-one -on -one so that you can learn from his or her insights. Consider being a mentor to someone who could benefit from the wisdom God has given you. In other words, don't keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Solomon didn't. Nope. He shared it. Others yeah. benefited from it. And finally, yes, knowledge is out there. More than you and I know what to do with. Mm -hmm. But while knowledge might increase our prominence or reputation, wisdom is to be more treasured than gold. Humbly pray for wisdom and trust the God who is generous in answering. Amen. Mm -hmm.